0: Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Oktayna, and today we'll meet the Akashic mentor, Celine, and discuss the wisdom you can access in working with her. Many of us reach a point where we feel that there must be more to life than this, more to us than just the daily grind or sudden changes in our lives call into question what we've been doing and what we should do next. In times like these, our hearts can break open, and we can feel a calling to be our authentic selves, even when we have no idea what that might actually be. When you feel the call to become who you really are, to find out what else is out there and what you should or even could be doing, Teachers will come, in many aspects and varieties, to provide the tools you need to follow your path, but in the manner of a fisherman teaching you to fish. You have to learn for yourself what the tools are and how to use them, otherwise they're meaningless junk. Sometimes we don't know that a person has come to be a teacher until we've learned the lesson. They could be a friend of a friend, someone we're in a relationship with, someone we meet for a brief time, or someone else we've known forever that finally breaks through to us. Sometimes, if it's what we need, a spiritual teacher can come to us in order to help us walk our path in a new way, supporting us through our struggles, challenging our limited perceptions, and hoping we will take on our gifts as well as our perceived burdens. But there are also liminal times when some people receive guidance from spirit directly. They are those who hear the call and surrender to the message saying the eternal yes to a life connected with spirit. Beings in the Akashics are welcoming people's ability to open themselves to a better understanding of their true nature, and so are willing to work with ever-increasing numbers of students who seek to walk their own paths to enlightenment. In my class, find your calling in the Akashics, the teachers make themselves available to you for one-on-one instruction tailored to your needs and for your own unique experience. When you're in conscious connection with the Akashics, your soul moves towards wholeness and you are able to receive the benefits of that which can and do include wisdom, healing, empowerment, and knowledge among others. One of those Mentors is Selene. To reach Selene, you'll need to take the path towards the Mentor's Garden, but instead of entering it, you'll see that a branch of the path turns left and follows the river for a while. Dipping down into a small valley, the path ends at a pool at the bottom. The river feeds the pool by cascading over the opposite cliffside, creating a waterfall. The cliff has been hollowed by the constant splash of water, creating a natural grotto behind the waterfall, filled with green moss and dripping ferns which cling to the rock face. A small beach made of crumbled stone, as wetly gray as the cliff, provides a resting spot for those who would challenge the waters. The air is heavy with water. Mist saturates the plant life on all sides, which fill the air with the scent of green and growing things. Everything is peaceful, if not quiet, with the sound of the water as a constant. However, with time, it becomes apparent that unlike the other areas you may have visited, which remain unchanged, and an extension of their caretaker, this area responds to the student while the teacher remains unchanged. Sometimes, it seems as if it's spring, and everything is sunny and full of movement and bloom. At other times, it's night, and the full moon's light shatters on the moving waters of the pool, and blends with the mist to create a world of mystery. And at other times, there's no moon, and only the stars and the sounds of cascading water. In the midst of it all is Selene, ancient priestess of the depths. She long ago determined to offer her wisdom and teachings to those who seek a spiritual path. To do so, she transformed herself from a being purely of water to one who bridges both water and air. She lives in the liminal state between human and sea creature, creating a place where we can plumb the depths. Some would see her as a mermaid, but that would be inaccurate and lead to grave misunderstandings and difficulties in understanding her teachings. Selene is neither a naive child wishing for romantic love so much she is willing to change her essential nature, or even her life for it, nor is she some wicked demigod out of ancient literature which seeks to kill men if they come within reach. She's no beast with limited intelligence. Nor a wicked creature seeking to do us harm. She is not in any way related to anything Disney ever has or ever will create via animation or otherwise. Celine is an ancient and wise person whose existence relates to our own in that her torso and head are female. She has arms and hands and sees the world from a human perspective. From her hips downward, her body appears shark-like, with small toothed scales and no flashy markings. She is strong, swims quickly, and is a denizen of the deep places. Through her own process of transformation, and her ability to live in different worlds, she has gained a wealth of wisdom in plumbing the depths of the unexplored self. Her gift is to help each of her students look at things they have never seen about themselves, to confront their deep-seated fears, to look at the skeletons and monsters in the closet and see them for what they really are. She helps each of us explore aspects of ourselves that we never knew existed, and to return to our regular lives better for it. I've created a video meditation for Celine and her pool as an introduction and a way for current students to deepen their relationship with her. I've put a link to it in the podcast description. But before I go on, let me address the most difficult parts of working with Celine, and that is our own personal and cultural misconceptions. Being sighted creatures, our most deep-seated, ingrained fear is of not being able to see. This is why all horror films incorporate darkness and situations where danger is hidden or stalking us from hiding. If our primary scents were scent, then all entertainment would be smell-o-vision, and horror films would be about the lack of any scent, or about skunks trying to spray things. Darkness, not being able to see, and being out of control cause us huge amounts of fear and we equate down with darkness, while we see up as light. Even though our food comes from the earth below us, even though our water sources come mainly from aquifers and groundwaters, even though many good things come from the nether regions of the earth, we see light as the best of things. And so from ancient cultures to today, we're taught that sea creatures and those who live in or near the earth are less than us, to be controlled by us, or destroyed by us because they are in harmony with darkness. The great mothers of Middle Eastern culture were seen as serpents attempting to bring chaos to the world and had to be defeated by representatives of the sun and sky. Hell is below, heaven above, and all good things ascend into the heavens. In this way, we come to associate depths with darkness, with evil, with danger and fear. And we associate not knowing, not being in control, as being in the dark. So we are predisposed to fear examining our own depths and discovering what has not yet come to light. Another misconception we suffer from is that what is different from us is dangerous and must be controlled kept at a distance, or destroyed in order to keep us safe. This is a fear used in military training to create a fighting force willing to kill other human beings. It's also a key factor in bigotry, which has lasting effects generation after generation. But being different doesn't make someone dangerous. It doesn't make them anything at all other than different from us. The realization that two people are different is the starting point where they can begin to relate, to connect. It's an acknowledgement of other that helps form relationship and opens communication. To work with Celine, the most important thing is to be aware of your inborn and cultural misconceptions. She is neither beautiful nor ugly by our standards. She is a woman with dark hair and dark eyes. Her lower half is a bluish gray tail, which it is unwise to touch, for just as with a shark, the ridges of her skin are smooth in one direction and like gouging knives in the other. Besides, none of us welcomes being touched randomly by strangers. She can be serious or playful, depending on her mood and the lesson of the moment. All that she asks is that you be honest and willing to try when she suggests a course of action or points you to an area of interest. Celine is well aware that her experience of life is far different from ours, that her abilities and perceptions are her own. But being different doesn't make them irrelevant, nor does it make her wisdom inaccessible. She's an excellent guide for leading you on an exploration of your unknown depths. To facilitate that work, she resides in the pool at the base of the waterfall, and her area reflects for you the nature of your relationship with your own inner being. For some, it's sunny and warm and full of life. For others, mysterious and full of adventure and rewards under the light of the moon. And for still others, it's a dark place of challenge and healing and a return to the essential self. Selene acts as a guide a teacher, a therapist, and a mentor, as she takes you on journeys to discover the pieces of self you may not yet have met, to those you have not yet nurtured, and to explore those undiscovered countries of the soul that will lead you on your path. For some, this will mean conversing with her from the path as she speaks from within the pool. For others, it will mean an invitation to cross to the other bank and walk under the waterfall to sit with her on her rock beach. Still others will have the opportunity to swim with her down into the depths of the pool. No harm will come to you there, for she won't allow it, and the insights you gain will inform your life forevermore. Whether soul-searching is a new experience or something we've worked on for years, whether we are healed or or newly broken, or anywhere in between, there are aspects of ourselves which deserve to be seen and heard, appreciated and attended to, confronted and acknowledged, and in the end made whole through our conscious awareness and acceptance of them. Each of us is unique, and so will have unique paths in order to explore these aspects of self. For some, it will be a rediscovery of some piece of the self left behind that can be revived, like a joy of art or nature, playing a sport, participating in music or dance. For others, it may be something seemingly silly which brings joy into their life. In the past, they ignored its pull, but now they can give themselves permission to indulge, removing judgment and freeing happiness. For some, the journey may be what Joseph Campbell described as facing your dragon. It's about facing your greatest fear and seeing it for what it is. Many times, the fear we've held so close to our hearts has magnified itself into planetary proportions so as to seem overwhelming and any confrontation seem catastrophic. We are unable to see the contradiction between the overwhelming catastrophe we perceive is waiting to happen. And the fear, which is in reality not too big for us to hold it close, as we've done so all along, and not so strong that it has on its own broken away from us to run rampaging through our lives. Selene can help to bring things back into perspective, and give us the tools necessary to confront the dragon and start living without fear. The first step is to realize that we are not alone. Others may need to use their archaeological skills to dig up the root causes for negative self-identity and low self-esteem. While the rhyme says, words can never hurt me, they can become part of our belief system, which we use to mold who we are and how we interact with the world. Finding that our lack of self-worth was partially created through the thoughts and actions of others allows us to free ourselves from that structure and to build a new identity based on our own truth. People sometimes know truths about themselves which they won't or can't acknowledge because those truths don't fit into the lives they've created for themselves or the social structures they live in. Diving into their true nature can give them permission to explore those aspects of self. Many women today are reawakening to their own sovereignty in all aspects of their lives. One way this is being experienced is by a reemergence of the ritual of reclaiming virginity. In ancient Greece, the goddesses were sovereign over their own sexuality, and the word virgin did not refer to the state prior to one's first sexual experience, but to sovereignty. Monthly or annually, priestesses went to the waters under the light of the moon and rejuvenated themselves, returning to the temple as virgin as sovereign over themselves and their perspective on life and the world around them. This is one of many ways that what has lain dormant within can be awakened through work with Selene. And, for far too many, the journey may include healing hurts which have left scars, which continue to bleed, which have left devastation and numbness and rage and screaming which makes no sound. Celine provides a safe place in which to begin or deepen the healing process, which requires nothing of you but being honest and truly who you are. There is no greater gift which anyone can offer than to tell the story of who they are. Celine will bear witness to all, standing as a living testament to the fact this happened. It's true. And you are amazing just as you are, for we are most beautiful in the broken places. Celine revels in the psychology of her work. She exists in the state between waking and dreaming, between the conscious and the subconscious. Her world is created by the sunlit, moonlit waters of the conscious world plummeting into the subconscious and creating the pool which is her temple. She lives in the ever-present metaphor of the soul, the movement of water. Like humans, the waters of the river, the waterfall, and the pool are ever-moving, never the same drop twice, the only constant in it being change, and yet it is itself, unending and unchanging. It is the river, the waterfall, the pool, no matter how much water flows through. Such are we, the stuff of stars, constantly changing and yet always and forever ourselves. This is one of the few things that can make her laugh, this metaphor that she lives in. Sometimes you will see her play and splash and laugh with delight at the thought of it. And it is why she knows that nothing you experience with her can truly harm you. No matter what you discover or what challenge you face, You will simply become more of who you truly are, and the rest will wash away. The process can be beautiful and nourishing, or raw and emotional, or as unique as each individual soul. But it is a gift, which she has already reaped the benefits of for herself, and she will gladly help you to receive it as well. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week we'll be working with Akashic objects, or pretty much anything and everything in the Akashics other than your soul book, which isn't nailed down. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.